0: It seems like you and I, human beings, we need to be constantly reassured of our experiences and beliefs. And sometimes this need for reassurance takes place in kind of humorous ways. For example, how many of you have been at home and your spouse or family member, they go into the the refrigerator, they pour a glass of milk, they smell it, they take a sip and go, Wow, that's sour. Then what do they do? What do you think? Now, do you go ahead and take a sip of that? Or do you simply say, no, I trust that you have a proper experience of reality. I trust your experience. But you see, we need to be reassured in so many different ways. We even do this with the weather. For example, if you've been inside... And it is one of the monsoon rains, and it's just pouring outside. And then you see somebody. You see somebody who has to drive up, and they don't have an umbrella, and they have to get out of their car. And by the time they get in, they're soaking wet. And you looked at them, and you say something very profound, such as, raining hard, huh? (laughs) Like, you need that validation of what you can see directly out the window. There's a park in California that seems to have gotten tired of validating people's experiences about the weather. So they took a long rope, tied a rock around it. You might have seen this, the weather rock. And they have a sign that says the weather station. And on the weather station sign, it says, check the rock. Check the rock. If it's wet, it's raining. If it's swinging, it's windy. If it's dry and warm, it is sunny outside. If you can't see it, it's foggy. And if the rock has blown away, it's a tornado. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of silly, isn't it? But we need that validation. And as much as we have first-hand accounts of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, you and I still want to be assured of our faith. We want to be sure that our faith has a firm foundation when the winds of doubt blow us. When our faith is foggy and we can't see our way, when the storms of despair assail us, we want to be assured that what happened almost 2,000 years ago on that Sunday was real, and that Jesus is our risen Lord. So this morning, we are going to find that assurance, and we are going to take a look at the rock. We are going to check the rock at the tomb. We're going to go first to our text here, Verse six, uh, chapter 16, verses 1 through 3. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought, brought, bought spices so they might go and anoint him. And very early on in the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? So funerals are a very busy time for many people. And it's been my experience that women often bear the brunt of the work of funerals. So here you had three women, very early morning, It was about, you know, if you were up around 545, it was just that pre-dawn light. That's when they would have been out walking, going to the tomb. They couldn't have anointed his body on Saturday because that was the Sabbath. And work like that was prevented, prohibited on the Sabbath day. But put yourself in the frame of mind of these women. They were distraught. Jesus... The Messiah, well, they saw him crucified. They saw him die. And he had been put in a tomb. And the tomb had been sealed shut. For them, that rock was not a rock of comfort, that rock was a rock of worry. They saw the body put into the tomb. And now that rock sealed the tomb. It also probably sealed in many of their doubts and their fears. Had they put their faith in the wrong person, was he not really the Messiah? But they still had their job to do, right? They were given a task to anoint the body. And so most likely they put their fears, their doubts, and they probably shoved them down a bit because there was a task at hand. And if you focus on the task, it keeps you distracted from all those doubts and fears. My guess is many of you this morning have doubts and worries about your life in general. And some of you probably have doubts and fears about faith. But there's still life to live, right? There's still work to do. So a lot of us take those doubts and fears and we just kind of push them down for a bit and we put our heads down and just kind of plow ahead because that's what there is to do, the work. And it distracts us from those doubts and fears. But often in the middle of the night, sometimes in that sleepless pre-dawn morning, those questions bubble up to the surface, don't they? Sometimes your soul kind of aches and cries out, is God real? Does he care for me? I know that I've sinned so greatly, could I ever be forgiven? Did Jesus really die and rise from the dead? So if you're anxious or you have doubts this morning, I want you to be reassured that you can put them away. If you have doubts that God cares for you, that he loves you, that in Christ Jesus you are forgiven, you don't have to look to the rock of worry because the rock is actually a rock of promise. It is a rock of promise. Verse 4, And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. When we talk about a large rock, it really was large. Josh McDowell, who's a Christian author and speaker, he gave a presentation one time at Georgia Tech. And he recalled that afterwards, there were two faculty at Georgia Tech who were there, and they were really intrigued by how big would that stone be? And so being engineers that they were, they actually went and figured out what kind of stone would have been used in Jesus' day. And they did calculations about the circumference. How big would the stone have to be to be rolled into place to cover up a four- to five-foot opening? And so they did all their calculations, and they sent Josh McDowell a paper. And it was actually a pretty technical paper, except on the back was their conclusion. Their conclusion was very straightforward, he said at, they said at a minimum, the stone would have had to weigh one and a half to two tons, three to 4,000 pounds. And by the way, in my research, that's the lightest estimate I've seen. I've seen estimates all the way up to 8,000 pounds. But whether it is 3,000 pounds or 4,000 or 8,000 pounds, that is a large rock, right? That is a large stone. You see, what they would do is they would put that stone into a groove. You can see a little bit of that. There would be a groove, and it would actually slant downhill a little bit to seal the tomb. But they would put the rock into that groove, and they would put a wedge under it. And once the body was in the tomb, and everything was complete, they would take the wedge out, they would roll the stone down, and it would settle by gravity, sealing the tomb. But you also have to remember, not only was it just by the weight of it, the Romans actually sealed the rock as well. They put a stamp of seal so it would not be broken or moved, and they had guards guarding it. But the rock had been moved. There's a movie called Risen. We are going to show it at some point and uh, I think it's a really well-done movie. In in the movie, the premise is there's a centurion, a Roman soldier, higher ranking, who is tasked with finding the body of Jesus. And he he has some things that he can't actually comprehend. He saw that the man had died, but apparently he had been risen. He saw that the Stone was there in front of the tomb with ropes. But in the movie, they showed that the ropes had just been shattered and broken. And he said, how could this happen? In the Gospel of Matthew, we actually find out how it did happen. Matthew chapter 28, verse 2 says, Behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. The stone was rolled back, not by man, but by a supernatural force, by God himself. And it wasn't moved because Jesus needed it to be moved to be raised from the dead. It's not like Jesus was in the tomb knocking saying, hello, I'm ready to come out now. Do you think the God of the universe who created the heavens and the earth needed to move the rock to raise Jesus from the dead? No. He raised him from the dead, but the rock was still moved. Why was the rock moved? I believe it is because you and I need that physical reality. You and I need to see how the Lord keeps his promises. Because ultimately, this is a rock of promise. Jesus, before he had been crucified, he told his disciples, he said this, this is from Matthew 17. The son of man is about to be delivered into the hands of men and they will kill him and he will be raised on the third day. Jesus made this prophecy, this promise to his disciples. God throughout scripture has been making promises to mankind. And when God makes a promise, it is true. He is true to his word. And I want to share you a different promise that Jesus made. It was at a different funeral and a different tomb. It was at the tomb of Lazarus. And at that tomb, he said this. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he asked a very profound question. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you take Jesus at his word that he is the resurrection and the life? And in him, you have the promise of life eternal, because this rock is a rock of promise. It is also a rock of the risen going on with our scripture and entering the tomb. They saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Again, put yourself in the place of the women, right? They were distraught. First of all, they were worried that the tomb had been sealed and they couldn't actually go in and anoint the body. But now that it had been moved and the body wasn't there, would it have been stolen? Think about the thoughts going through their head at this time. And it says they were alarmed, but the word alarmed has a deeper sense to it. When you take a look at it in the original language, it means both fear and wonder, distress and astonishment. And the fact is, when you are in the presence of a holy God and you understand his power and might, there is both fear and wonder, distress and astonishment. And this is why God has always throughout Scripture sent messengers who have said, fear not, fear not. Do you remember the shepherds? The night of Jesus' birth, they were in the the fields and they were trembling in fear. And what did the angel proclaim to them? Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And now here, the angel sitting on the rock brought the greatest news possible. He said, he is risen. He's not here. This is good news. What better news could there be? You see, God had moved what was in the way out of the way so that we would know that Jesus is the way. That the rock is moved means Jesus wasn't simply a good teacher. He is the son of God. That the rock is moved away means that he is the lamb of God who was slain for your sins. And the debt that you owe is paid in full. And in him, you are forgiven completely. That the rock is moved means that death has no sting. Death has no victory in the risen Lord Jesus Christ, and in him you have the promise of eternal life. What did Jesus say? He said, "I am the resurrection and the life." As it said in the song, right? He's alive, He's alive. I'm forgiven, and the gates of heaven are opened wide. He's alive. And because He is risen, it means that anyone who places their faith, their trust in Him, has that promise of eternal life. And the promise is for you today, this very moment. Today is the day of salvation. Turn from your sins, repent, and receive Jesus, Lord, as Savior. And you have the promise, the promise of the risen Lord. Now, I know there are some people, maybe you, maybe your friends, your family, loved ones, who aren't here today, We're still skeptical. And in that case, listen to what the angel said. He said, the rock's been moved. Look, see, touch. The tomb, it's empty. Look, see, touch. You too should look in the tomb and see that it's empty. Have your friends, your family, your loved ones look into the tomb and see that it is empty. This is the rock of the risen. This is the rock of victory. It is also the rock of witness. Verse 7, but go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Brothers and sisters, this has always been the message of Christianity from the very beginning. Come, see, and believe. Then, go and tell. And here the angel commands the woman. It's not just a suggestion. This is a command. Go and tell. Go and tell the disciples and Peter. Isn't it interesting that Peter is called out specifically and what a blessed command that is because think of Peter. Peter, the one who had denied Jesus, the one who thought he was beyond God's grace, that he had sinned so grievously that he couldn't even stand in the presence of God, let alone the presence of Jesus. And that's what you and I are supposed to do. We are witnesses. You and I are witnesses. And we are to take the message, the good news of our risen Lord and Savior and tell the people who are hurt, tell the people who think they have sinned so greatly they can't be forgiven, tell the people who are estranged from God that God in Christ Jesus loves them greatly and that Christ Jesus is waiting for them, for you, for us to say, yes, Lord, I believe. Be that witness. Be that witness. You see, If you're wondering who Jesus is this morning, check the rock. If you're wondering if Jesus really conquered death, if he is alive today and reigns, check the rock. If you're wondering if he's coming again, if he keeps his promises, if in him your sins are forgiven, check the rock. It is the rock of promise. It is the rock of the risen. And then be a witness and tell people he is risen. He is risen indeed. And to that we all say, amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks this day that in you we are forgiven. In you, our risen Lord, we have life and life everlasting. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, Move powerfully in us. Assure us of our faith. Help us to be witness to others. All to your glory, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. If you have any questions or you would like to grow deeper in your faith, please visit our website at joyccc.com. Again, that's joycc.com. God's peace and joy in Christ Jesus be with you.